What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another week and another episode of Unscripted, where we're bringing you professionals from all walks of life. We're touching their backstory, their mindset, and how they navigate through adversity and opposition. As always, I'm your host, Akeem Haynes. Before we get into this week's episode of the show, do us a huge favor. Head to Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Chartable.com and leave a rating and review of the show. A small act goes a long way in moving the podcast forward. Truly, if you could take a couple seconds to do that for us, it would mean the world to us. This week on the show, I'm joined by a person who wears many different hats and wears them extremely well. He's a comedian, actor, entrepreneur, and music artist, Barry Brewer Jr., I remember watching his special, uh, Chicago, I'm Home on Amazon Prime. And well, one, he's hilarious. But as I was watching him tell us stories and tell these jokes, I started to get this feeling that there was a lot of depth to him, like there was more to the story and didn't know him. But as we got into conversation, I realized that what I had felt was exactly true. There's so much to him um, as a person. Um not only in, 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 in the profession and what he does, he does wear a lot of hats, but he said in his words, he's trying to use his gift to make the world a little lighter in some way. In this episode, we talk about the ups and downs throughout his career, the lessons he's learned along the way. I forgot which part in the conversation, but I asked him, I said, Barry, you are now one of the lead roles in the Tyler Perry show, bruh. You've been on the show Games People Play. You have an album out now. You did your first special not too long ago. And I said, man, it seems like some of the fruits of your labor are starting to come together. I said, at what point did you kind of feel like it was starting to line up? And he looked and he said, Akeem, last year was the first year since I left home at 18, 19. And I felt like I just took a breath this year. He said, it's, he said he's starting to see some of those things line up. Um, since the past 18 years, just in the past year and a half. So I thought that was very interesting, but I also found a tremendous amount of encouragement in it as well, too, because, you know, along the journey, it becomes long. It becomes tiring at times when you're putting in the work and not seeing certain things line up. But this episode reminds us that in due season, you know, if we are persistent and keep finding the encouragement to keep going, like at some point it'll line up. So I found encouragement in this and I believe that you've been, that you will as well. For the past couple episodes, I've been trying to find a word that resonates with each person. And the word that comes to mind when I think about Barry Brewer Jr. is believe. So enjoy this week's episode, Barry Brewer Jr. Hey, what's going on, man? You can hear me? Yes, sir. How are you? Oh, man, I'm oh, well. Man. How are you doing? I'm well, man. Thank you so much uh, for adjusting your time for me. Of course, man. I know you have a lot going on, man, and I can see you got a lot going on now. So I want to be respectful of the time, man, but we have a lot to get into, man. But I first want to start here because I've been trying to think about, man, how do I want to start this, man? Because there's so much depth to you. As I was doing my research, man, I said, um, let's start here, Barry. Uh, I'm, I'm big on gratitude, man. I believe it's hard to think negatively when you're in a positive state. And I always say the best, the best way to start your day is to be thankful and the best way to finish your day is to be grateful. So give me three things you're grateful for today, man. Man, life, um, just to be able to be here with you today, 
I'm grateful for the gifts God's given me. I get, I'm grateful for the mindset he's given me um, to stay optimistic no matter what life has brought my way. And so I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for people like you having the perspective that they have. I think that was four. But um, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. This, this was a later question, but something you said just came to mind because, man, I was, uh, I was working out about 20 minutes ago and I had your album on, man, your album that came on last year. And I was playing, I was listening to it. And a lot of it is so soulful, but it's talking a lot about your life, man. So give me the backstory behind the album that you did last year during the pandemic, man. Cause some of the words that you said, man, you could tell like, man, this is a person who was going through some real stuff and I'm trying to be honest with it, authentic with it, with, with the gift that God gave me, man. So tell me a little bit about that album, man. Yes. First of all, that you have a very uh, discerning spirit. Um, <laughs> Appreciate um, you, man. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the exact thing you said, man, just the album was just exactly what you said. It was a, an expression of, of my, my tribulations um, that I had to go through and trying to be transparent, trying to use. Sometimes you can't talk and share everything with everybody because people, okay, thank you, people won't understand it people have a a view and they come to their own conclusions or they have their own however they look at it and so sometimes it's like you're stuck with this feeling and this perspective and how you feel about it and you want to share it i don't know if people you ever share something and you feel better yeah it's not that they've said anything to help the situation or change it but the fact that you were able to express it and get it off your chest it lifted you. It made you feel lighter. It helped, right? And so I think a part of the album was to do that for me. Also to to inspire, uh, aspire and inspire someone that may be in a situation and feel the same way, right? Because um, one of the songs is Villain Hero. Yes. And I think oftentimes as good people or, you know, your desire to be a good person I, I, I said this randomly and people like, oh, that's so profound. But I was like, yeah, no matter how much of a, uh, a good person you try to be, you're going to be the, the bad person in somebody's story. <laughs> yeah. There's somebody that don't like you. There's somebody that thinks you're the, the scum of the earth and that you did them wrong, you know, and that's not to take away if you did or didn't. But also that's not who you are because of mistakes that you may have made. Right. And that was a learning experience for me as well. So. Going through, you know, I'm 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 a you know a musical person. I love music, and I actually have my my songwriting partner in the car with me, who was a big part of helping me bring those songs to life. Um, just sharing my thoughts and what I wanted to do, and I you know was orchestrating the music and the vibe of what I wanted to deliver on the album. So that's how it was conceptualized and put out, man. I'm grateful for you listening to it and um, hopefully enjoying it. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed it, man. Um, the the cover caught me, man, because you just talked about uh, no matter who you are, you're 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 a bad person in someone's story, or you did them wrong in some capacity, right? But the cover of it, one side, you know, the face, the face was clean, the the lineup was crispy, everything was good, but on the <laughs> other side, it was like, man, there's more to the story. Have you always been someone? <sighs> 
maybe you're making a decision and you're thinking to yourself, man, if I do this, I may take away from someone else or someone may get hurt in the capacity, but I got to do this for me. I think we're always at, at odds with trying to be the best that we can be, but also trying not to hurt anybody along the way. And that can also be something that is tough to wrestle with. Has that something that always been, always been on your mind, man? Um, yes, especially as I've gotten older and a lot more aware of that reality that you stated, you know, because I understood, you know, as I matured as an adult that you have to be okay in order to help and to be of service to anybody if you're not whole. But like you said, I think I've learned it also with you being whole, sometimes you feel like it's taken away from someone else or hurting someone else or hindering someone else. Right. And I, I do think that's a constant, um, a constant battle. It's a constant reality that you have to balance out sometimes. Like, okay, I can't give too much there. That's, that's taken away from me. Okay. I can give a little bit there and trying to continue to balance. And I'm learning that life is literally balanced, <laughs> trying to balance literally like in everything. Right. You can never, you know, like even when you hear the reality, you can't drink. So you can drink too much water. Right. And water is good for you. Right. So when you understand, like you can even take something that's good for you and have too much of it. It lets you know that balance is a real principle of life in every aspect. And so I think with that concept that we were, that you're speaking to, it's just about finding the balance in every instant to make sure you're you're giving yourself enough. If you cannot hurt someone along the way, try not to do that as well. Man, I think uh, I think people see you now, right? And they see you on the shows, right? They see the album coming out. They see all these things, but it wasn't always like this. And I think sometimes people, that's the reason why people compare journeys, right? What you see is not necessarily where a person started, man. So we got to go back a little bit to South Side of Chicago, man, because... Yes, sir. As as we all know, our environment can change us long before we can change our environment by ourselves. And from what yeah. I understand, your upbringing was tough. It was a little bit different than some of the other kids on the other side of the neighborhood, man. So what was the dynamics like growing up for you, man? I'm talking about what was the culture like, the music you were listening to? What was the what was the street saying? As much as we don't want to be in the streets, the streets are always talking. Right. But what what was kind of your dynamics growing up like during that time? Yes, thank you for asking, and just that's a great question. And it was a lot of different dynamics going on. You know, being in the inner city from the hood, as we say, the south side, you always mm-hmm. had this street calling for you to be. You know, I, I I remember Gregory, a friend of mine, was in school with me in fifth grade, and I've never said this on an interview, but he sold drugs, and he sold drugs to my mom one day, right, and told me that in school, and kind of was like cracking jokes. It was like. So, you know, the opportunity to sell drugs, not only that, but the embarrassment of your mom, you know, like abusing drugs, right? Or the liquor and the, the fights and the, and the domestic violence that you see growing was the, the, the life I thought was a little better than mine was the life I got to see through my cousin's life when I would go and spend the night over their house and their mom didn't drink and she went to church. They got to kind of have just a little more peace around the house. I used to always admire that. And I always used to wish that was my life. Mm. Right. So I had those dynamics going growing up. But I think as I became an adult, um, 
I truly understood that that was the path I had to walk because of the life I would live. Like, I believe that I'm stronger of an individual today because of the, the childhood I had, the, the how I grew up. And I don't think if my life was like theirs, who I wanted it to be, that I would have the, the strength and the, the capacity to get through life and the things that's transpired in my life. And so um, the South Side of Chicago had a lot of things. The music I listened to had a lot to do with, um, I listened to a lot of R&B music and a lot of gospel music. Yeah. That was kind of my love. I used to sing a lot when I was younger and I kind of stopped singing because I thought it wasn't cool. And I thought it was a little, you know, something else to do, so I didn't do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I liked a few, few rappers. When Kanye West came out, I then became a big fan of hip-hop. That was like, I was older, though. But um, I remember, <laughs> this is a good funny story, just a random. Um, everybody used to know rap songs, and I used to know a lot of rap songs. But the one rap song I did, chose to learn was Crucial Conflict smoking on hay in the middle of the barn so that I can go to school <laughs> so that I can go to school and rap a song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so that was one of the rap songs I really learned uh, growing up. Um, but I learned a lot, man. It, it wasn't all bad growing up, man. I learned how, like, I still laugh today. I was in Chicago. My son is here. And I was shoveling snow in my house. I remember when I used to make money shoveling snow. That was really, like, a great time, you know, so learning how to hustle, learning how to, to make money and try to find ways to, I remember collecting cans and going to turn them into the aluminum place and taking me some money to go play video games and having some chips and pop and honey bun and, you know, just learning my way, you know, and I remember basketball was my big dream growing up yeah. in, in Chicago. Um, so I always thought I would go to the NBA so now I'm just waiting to do and be an NBA star in a movie. Because that's, <laughs> so you get the I opportunity. That's, that's going to have to be the opportunity and, uh, and or my son uh, makes it, in which I believe he will. So maybe my dream was for him to, <laughs> you know, to give him that desire inside of him through me. I don't know, but I guess time will tell. Man, you spoke about uh, your mother um, with substance abuse, and I read about that as well, too. But I also read about this that I want to ask you, man. Um, you said in the interview you wanted to feel special, right? And you would pray about it. Now, that's not really something that the average kid during that time, when they're seeing certain things and saying, I want to feel special, you're thinking about, yo, what the heck is going on? What is the situation? But you said you wanted to feel special. But what were you talking about at that time? And, and, and did you feel special at that time when you said it? Yeah, the special thing is that it seemed like everybody had gifts, you know, early on in life. My cousin was very talented. I was playing the drums, but I wasn't as good yet. I got better as I got older. But my cousin was really good at music. I had another friend in the neighborhood who was really gifted at basketball early on. You know, little did I know he was training since he was five. So by the time he became 13, 14, he was very good. I didn't have any training. I had to teach myself how to dribble with my off hand and things like that. Um, but I felt like there was nothing unique about me. Mm. I felt like I didn't have anything that stood out at that time. Little did I know, it just hadn't unveiled yet. It hadn't revealed itself, right? It was a time thing that had to come about for me to see what a guy had gifted me with. Um, but that's what I meant when I said I wanted to be special. And um, 
I wanted to have something to offer the world that would be uniquely, you know, unique to me that only I could do that only I could bring, you know, and I thought like that early on because of the talented young people around me. Man, 2002 um, is is what I read when you started doing stand up, man. But I was trying to think to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, how? how did my man get gigs right like how did like how did you get off like at 14 nobody's really you know saying hey man come over here let's do this but like what 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 made you start and 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 where were you getting your shows at 14 well i wasn't 14 in 2002 i don't know how old they have me listed at um <laughs> <laughs> i gotta check I my sources <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know what they got me listed at but um um I was getting a lot of church gigs when I first started comedy because that's where I started in, in church doing stand-up. So I was getting opportunities to do stand-up comedy in church for different concerts and functions like that. So those were my first opportunities of gigs that I would get paid for um, when I first started doing stand-up. How much were you getting paid? Because any type of money was probably big money to you at that. Oh man, real big money! Oh, fifty dollars. I think Ooh. one of the biggest early on paychecks was like seventy five. Um, start getting like, you know, as I got better, I started getting like a hundred, a hundred fifty. You know, oh, two hundred. Couldn't tell you nothing. <laughs> man, I was doing well. <laughs> man, you know. In, um, when you start getting paid for something like that, you like, I must be meant to do this. You know, it, it mm -hmm. gives you a, a confidence and an encouragement when somebody pays you for a talent that you only see. You know, comedy is something you only see really successful at the highest level. You don't get to see it until you're in it to see the journey. You don't see comics, on, you know what I mean? Go through the, you only know, most people who are not comedians and who don't really work in the entertainment industry, you only see comedians when they're popular. You don't see yeah. their journey. So to to see how you can get money from starting out to do that, I was so grateful and I think blessed and fortunate to have that early on because it did inspire me and encourage me to believe I had something there. What what yes, you were getting paid uh when you started, but what was the moment because you moved to uh LA a little shortly after but what was, was there a moment that you said, man, you know, yeah, I'm getting paid from this, but I'm really enjoying this. Was there a moment, was there a specific gig that you had that said, you know what, this is the path for me? The first time I did comedy was the, that moment. The, the first time? The very first time. Wow. The very first time, I promise you, I was nervous. I prayed. I said, if I'm not meant to do this, Lord, I won't ever, like. Just let me get through this. Um, and I got a standing ovation my first time doing stand-up comedy. And I, it, in that moment, I knew this was what I was meant to do. This is part of what I was meant to do. Because it, it was no, like, the fact that I was, like, got the response that I got. And it was my first time doing yeah. it. I had no practice. I didn't go to any performing arts school. I had not studied this. I didn't. Like, there was no way of, you know what I mean? Like, and truthfully, all of my gifts have come like that. Like, I've never went to school for anything. I didn't go to school for music. I didn't go to school for production. I didn't go to school for vocals. I didn't go to school for songwriting. I didn't go to school for 
or acting. I didn't go to school for any of the things and the gifts that I have. And, you know, and obviously when God gives you a gift, I believe that it's great because it's from him. But the point I'm making is that when I did that, I was like, oh, okay, I'm meant to do this. You know what I mean? So what do you do? What do you define purpose as, Barry? Someone's coming to you and they're saying, man, I, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't have a purpose. How do I, how would you define purpose? I define purpose is the thing or things you're meant to do you to make the world a better, better place. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. Like the thing or things that you, that you do that literally changes where the world is. Right. Like, for example, I'm learning that my gifts are only tools to fulfill my purpose. Right. So I believe my purpose is to inspire people. Inspire them to give them the belief that life is so much greater than what's been taught or seen or or displayed to them. And how I do that is through my gifts through comedy, through music, through movies, through speaking, through writing, through whatever talent is how I, but to make somebody feel inspired and encouraged that there's greater for me, that, that what's been told to me and what I've seen, maybe if you come from a very humble situation that there's greatness, there's greater than this for me. So I think that purpose is that that helps someone or people or community or, or even something you do like that just changes the way the world is for the better. Yeah. I believe that's what purpose is. And when you look at, Oh, that was that purpose. That was that person's purpose. You see an effect that even when their life is gone and they're, they're passed away, that their purpose still lives on. Like you can see the effect of what they were meant to do. Because even though they're not here, they fulfill their purpose and you see the results of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the it's the presence and the essence about a person. You know, like I always say, hope needs to be seen and shown. But, you know, there's a reason why, you know, uh, we talk about Martin Luther King as if he's still here in the present, even though he hasn't been on the planet for decades. You know, it's the it's the presence of a person. Um, Barry. You moved to L.A. We spoke about purpose. You said the first time you touched the mic, you blazed it down. You knew this was the path for you. The hopes are high. The excitement is there. And now we're on to L.A. Now, we know when we embark on something to try to pursue something, it's not always going to be sweet for too long. There is going to be there's going to be some adversity, maybe not the next week, maybe not the next month, maybe not a year. But at some point, something is going to come. So what was that transition like for you moving from Chicago to L.A. to pursue this 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 promised land that is L.A.? Right. What what was that transition yeah. like for you? So so I, I love that question. I felt that when I moved, I was like a kid that mm. couldn't see any negative possibilities and all i believed in it was that my dream would come true mm. that's all i was you ever you ever see little kids especially little boys they just be jumping off the couches and like <laughs> they think like they're superheroes they see something on tv and they truly believe it they don't think what can happen they don't think of the, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. the negative repercussions <laughs> they believe it 
And it's like a kid-like belief. And I believe that when I left from Chicago to L.A., all I could see was that I had this gift and I was confident and for sure I had it. And that these other people that I think mirrored the gift I had, that was the place that they got discovered. Mm. And I needed to, all I needed to do was to be in the place and, and that I then would get the results <laughs> that they got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's always interesting how, how we have the idea for ourselves. Right. But then God has something completely different. Um, but I want to ask you, Barry, in this time, man, where, where, where were you on your spiritual walk at this point? Because it's a new city, right? There's a lot of things that you're trying to go after, but where were you um, with staying balanced and staying grounded with your faith? Because every opportunity isn't always the best one for you, but when you're hungry, when you're trying to get it, when you're trying to make the dreams happen, you almost take anything without really thinking about it. But how did your faith help you stay grounded at this time or did it? Yes, my faith has been everything from the jump. I think it had a lot to do with my upbringing and my belief that there was purpose for me, that there is a reason, especially as I got a little older to discover my gifts, I started to see like, oh, God obviously gave me this talent for a reason, right? And so... I think because of where I'm from, as it relates to Chicago, there's a hustle, there's a grind about about me because that's who my mom was and my, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what I've seen as it relates to like, you want something, go get it, you know? And so, you know, faith without works is dead, always wrong in my mind. I believe that. So believing that, that it was just me believing in what already had been waiting for me, I just had to believe it all the way until it comes to pass. I've always kind of had that thought. Yeah. My whole, my company name is Only Believe. That's literally what I named my company because that's truly the only reason that I'm on this call with you at this point is because of my faith, because of what I believe already is destined for me. And it's just about me buying into it because it's already awaiting me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so as it related to my spiritual walk, I can't say I wasn't challenged because I've been challenged. I am still being challenged. I think that that's just what it will be and always will be. But I know that God has a plan for me. And I've always believed that. And I always believe that he would be with me all the way. Like just believing that God and, and my favorite scripture is something that I believe I held on to despite my ups and downs in life, my mistakes, my downfalls, my misunderstanding of things. It says that the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but the one that endures to the end. And so for me, I remember this older lady at my church she used to say, if you don't, if you don't read no other scripture in the Bible and you grow up. And I remember this, I was like maybe 12. She used to have a Bible class and she would say, just read Proverbs, mm. just read Proverbs. I remember her saying that. She said, that's the book of wisdom, and it will guide you in how to carry yourself and how to be, and da 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 And I always held on to those those little nuggets that I kind of gathered as I grew up, and I always tried to hold on to them as I do today. And I try to reflect, and I try to remember those things. And um, 
you know, and I try to just keep seeking wisdom and, and guidance and trying to never lose my way, knowing that I'm a human being and that sometimes my feelings can be, can uh, <laughs> not be the best. Not moving in my feelings doesn't always put me in the best position. So let me try to consider things outside of how I feel. I will make the best rational decision for my life. So, you know, not trusting just my feelings a lot has helped me with things like that. So yeah. it's a long story uh, answer. I'm sorry, but no, yeah. man, you answer as long as long as you'd like. Uh, um, the next question I have, man, um, you know, to give some backstory behind it, uh, for me, I had a background running track and field. Um, and 2010, right, I was I was out of high school. I was uh, number two in North America in my time. Um, but, wow. but when I left for college and so forth, for the next five years, I didn't run a personal best indoors. There's an indoor season, there's an outdoor season. I got faster outdoors, but indoors... I, I, I didn't get faster. I was, I was, I was struggling. I was fighting it. Right. There was just a lot of things that was going with it. And I started to think to myself, I'm like, man, what, 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 why am I even doing this part of the season, the track career? Right. Why am I even doing this part? But I want to ask Barry, what, what, from the time you got to LA, uh, when was that break that you said, man, finally, this move is working. Maybe it was right away. I don't know. But when oh, was it, it that was you two years ago? That's literally two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight, almost 18 years in. What were you doing to stay encouraged, man? I know you're a hustler. I know you're a grinder, right? But there's a lot of times where we have to wait. But you got to pay our dues. But what were you doing what, while you were waiting, man? What, what, walk me through a little bit about that eight-year span. 18 years. 18-year span. Yes. 18 years it's really important to put that other 10 on there hey um, man like i always say i always say whenever we gotta wait and hey, we could think about moses he had to wait <laughs> he had to wait a little bit long oh he had to wait a long time i honestly believe wow. that if i never gave up i would see it like i truly believe that and i still do because i truly don't believe that i believe that i've gotten a sneak peek a very small thing that's transpired for me like whatever blessings people see now like I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be as grateful because I am very grateful, but I'm like, oh, this is not at all what I've, what I believe for myself. I, I see so much more. So, you know, to believe to get to this point was just that it's going to happen. I'm, yeah. I just, I'm just convinced. And the, and the reason it will happen because I will never quit. So it has to happen because I'm not going to stop. And, wow. and also, I'm going to do whatever in my power to help it happen. So my work is there. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just believe it. I believe it. I don't believe God would give me this gift. I don't believe he would put this desire in me so strong. I just, I can't see anything else. It's like, you, you ever just know that you know that you know that you know? Yeah. Even when, no, when there's no tangible evidence, you like, you know, kept me going, kept me believing. And it was such a, a breath of fresh air or like coming up for water after being under the water for so long. Yeah. When that thing happens, oh, whew, thank God I that mean, moment yeah. came. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for sharing that, man. That's a that's a word for someone. And and, and in the next couple of minutes, we're going to have to pass the virtual collection plate, man, because that's a word for someone <laughs> right there. Uh, Barry, I'm going to I'm going to throw four 
four or five timelines out there for you, man. I just want to give, I just want you to give me your thoughts on it and what uh, some of the things that come to mind, man. So uh, 2019, okay. your special Chicago, I'm home comes out, right? Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. Um, but you directed okay. the special, you produced the special, man. Uh, but you did a special in your home. Now, home field advantage can be a good thing, but there's also can be a lot of pressure that comes with it. Walk me yeah. through what that meant to you, man, because that's a, not everybody gets this gets their special, man. But you you did, man. Walk me through that 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 time. Yes. So this was me. This is a great question, given what you just spoke to about what did you do in the meantime. This is one of the things I did in the meantime. Okay. I felt like I was ready for my own hour special. Nobody granted me the money nor the belief nor a network saying, hey, we think you're ready. We want to. Nobody did that. Mm-hmm. I felt I was ready. I put together a presentation and tried to ask people for money to, to fund it. And the people who I thought had the money would fund it obviously didn't even return or respond. It was the people that I didn't know had no money is who gave me some money. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I got the money. I saved my taxes. My manager, family, people gave me money to help me put my special together. I then found my own venue. I hired my crew. Never had done it before. Tried to get a director. He's like, no, I got to charge you all this money i'm like I'm, i need all my money for production <laughs> yeah. can you look out for me this is people that you know this that I, i'm like hey can you look out for me it's gonna be something man we're gonna work together on some other stuff man come look out for me nah i can't do it all right and i thought myself like well i'm just gonna direct myself so i didn't know how it would turn out i rented out the theater downtown 750 seats I didn't even know I had 750 people to support me. I had two shows. Wow. This, You know who Molly Music is? Yeah, yeah. My, Molly Music randomly came to my show. My manager knows his mom and very close. He comes to my show, and he comes to me after the show that he went to in L.A. He was like, hey, man, if you need me to do anything for you, I would love to be, you know, help you, whatever. I was like, uh... I'm doing my special in Chicago. Would you be my music performance? He's like, I got you. Just pay for my flight. You need to charge. Take care of my, you know. Wow. We sold out two shows, 750 seats, both shows sold out. (sighs) Another another breath of fresh air right there. Another another air grab. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And then, not knowing where it's going to go. It had no place to live. I'm trying to find, like, everything was a, was a faith move. Like, it was like, I don't know what the next step is, but I'm going to put my foot down. And every time I put my foot down, a, a stair appeared. And then every time I put my foot down again, there was no stair there before. Mm. It looked like I was going to fall. But every time I placed my foot down, there was a stair there. And and that was, it was no, people were like, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dreaming something big now. And people were like, well, how it is? I just like, I told somebody, I was like, I'm sorry. I can't really tell you how it's going to work. I just know it is. I can't tell you how it's going to work. It's, it's, 
it's funny because you know you tell me and i'm like oh yeah it's gonna work because you know my your faith can see it right and and as bible the scripture talks about faith the size of a mustard so you can move mountains and like that is how your life was kind of orchestrated it's just 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 need a little bit of air once you get the air you'll be able to keep going um in that right back down (laughs) (laughs) in that in that same year man special came out um you met someone uh and you were a part of the show um i started watching the show because my fiance wanted to watch it and i was like man i don't i don't know this show i'm already seasons behind she was like no just watch it you'll like it i'm like okay cool and it's games people play man um you played eric tell me about that tell me about that oh wow man so another another i met robbie reed which is a huge cast director at a independent film place where I shot my own film, 30 minute film I shot and met her like a year and a half prior to that. And she was just like, Oh, that was a great film and gave me an opportunity to audition. I didn't have an agent. She helped me get an agent. My, my wife and her are sorors and connected. And my wife was just hitting her up on a whim. Like, Hey, I'm asking questions about something. And she's like, hey, I got an audition for Barry for this show. I come in, the audition is the next day. She sends the <laughs> script like at 9 o'clock. At this point, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I have been auditioning for things, bro. I'm not getting nothing. So at this point, I, I kind of don't care. Mm. I'm like, what's the script? Oh, I don't really want to do this. All right, what's well, Robbie? I'm going to just go in. I didn't care about what the description of the character was. I'm like, I'm just going to go in there, and I was just myself. I just was funny. And Robbie was like, can you stay? Apparently, that was the day the producers were all there to actually give the role to wow. all of the, the people that they had auditioned for a lot. Straight, okay. And so I, I stay around, audition again for the producers, which was Tracy Edmonds, um, uh, Vanessa Middleton, everybody's in the room. Um, one of the writers from who wrote Love Jones, the movie, he's a writer on there, Theodore. Um, all these people in the room. Apparently, I booked the show. First time. Wow. I never did, never booked nothing. Got this show. So, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Oh, my God. It was one of my, one of the moments, you know, it's one of those moments, just like my stand-up was one of those moments. That was one of my moments. It was like, wow, God. Okay. And it was, and and it was a and it was really a testament to faith without works is dead because I didn't get the opportunity the the way I thought that it would come. I never it was random. It was through an independent project that got me this relationship, then that got me this audition that then booked this show and it was like a year and two years later that this opportunity was, you know, came about. So you know, that's how I got games people play and my first opportunity on television. It was just such a blessing. Um, and shout out to my games people play family. I got to work with Lauren London and Jackie Long and Kendall Kendall and Parker and Karen. Oh, like just so many people who became, you know, it was just a great, great experience. 
Well, that's a powerful story, man. First try, man. I'm starting to think first try is easy money for you, man. That's just anybody give you a first try. You already, it's going to be easy work for you, man. So for the people listening, man, first try, we just going to hit a strikeout, man. Uh, 2020, man. Um, uh, another Tyler Perry show, bruh. Right. You play you, you play one of the lead roles. You play John. But before I get your thoughts on this, man, uh, I, I was watching season one, one of the episodes and you were in the club. Right. You were in the club. I forgot who I think it was the big guy came and talked to you and the, the altercation didn't go well. Right. He left. He stormed out. And then you threw the mop against the wall. I'm thinking to myself, oh, no, this brother ain't acting. That's real. Like, 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 that, like, like, that, like something happened for him to be doing that. Right. But I really like the show, man. I really like what it's representing, man. I really like the brotherhood and the camaraderie in it. What was that opportunity for you like? Because it's still relatively new. Yes, uh, bro, it was uh, that next step higher, right? To get to get an opportunity to audition for it. One was a, a, a amazing opportunity. Um, two, to audition for Tyler Perry. You know what he means to the community and how much he's done um, as it relates to just being being a uh, being helping yourself get to where you want to go, like not allowing somebody to dictate what you can and cannot do. I think he's a great testament to that. So getting that role, man, was huge. And then um, working with him, the first day I got to work on the set, he told me, uh, have fun. And when you tell a comedian that, it's kind of like giving him the keys to your Bentley. And you're like, hey, go for a joyride. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just a, a joy to do it. And so at the end of the day, like for me, it was just like, hey, this is your opportunity. This is your moment. Okay. This is your moment. Make the best of it. So every moment I had, I just really tried to be authentic in it. So whatever mood and whatever moment scene, I believe that's where I was. Mm. I pulled on those authentic, authentic moments that's happened in life, you know, to really, to really, you know, be authentic in those moments. I have, I have, I have three more questions for you, man, before I let you go, man. Um, the last, the last date, um, I actually couldn't find uh, the, 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 the actual date that I was looking for, but it was the birth of your son, right? When, when, when you see your son, man, your upbringing, Right. All the things that you had to deal with as a young adolescent, all the things that you didn't have growing up as well, too, man. When you look at your son, man, what do you see and what do you hope that he gets when you instill in him? Because you can tell a kid a lot of things, but they may not be ready to receive it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Until later. I down am the going moment. through that right now. <laughs> He's 11. So everything you're saying is such a thing. I mean. I mean, it's so on point. I mean, talking about as fresh as last night and today. He called me. He got a 91 on his English test today. I was so happy and proud of him. Um, but it's been a work. It's been work. But go ahead and ask your question because I definitely want to answer it. What, what, when you see him, man, what, what does he make you think of? What, what do you want to instill in him that, he, that, he, that you hope he takes from you as he continues to grow? Oh, so much. Um, the things I'm trying to just keen in on, right now is his attitude, focus, effort. And then the other one is patience. Those are the four main things I want him to 
understanding gratitude. I'm sorry. Because um, like you just said, I'm learning like, okay, you're 11. And I want you to under, I want you to be prepared for life. And I want you to overcome any obstacle that comes your way. And I want you to be able to stand the test of time and be meaningful to what you're meant to be on this earth completely. Everything you, I want, if I want to leave here empty and I want my son when he's done to leave here empty and I want to give him back. So there's a whole lot to answer what you, when you say, hey, what do you want to give him? Right now, I'm trying to focus on three things, his attitude, his focus, and his effort. Those are our that those are our principles that him and I say all day, and I try to show him and everything that happens with him along the way how it speaks to one of those three things, if not all of them. You keep a good attitude, you stay optimistic, you stay focused on whatever the big picture is, and you give all of your effort. I believe that you will get to anything that you desire to get to. Um, so. Yeah, and I think patience is going to be, after he gets those three, <laughs> patience will be the next one, right? But I think that patience comes with maturity, Yes. right? Patience comes with maturity, and I'm learning that, but it is very vital. So I, I think I'm just trying to show him about principles and how important principles are to life. And if you can buy into these principles, everything on the surface is taken care of for the most mm -hmm. part, truthfully. Barry, how do you how do you how do you find balance at this stage in your life? You're juggling a lot of different things day to day, man. But how do you find balance for you at this stage in your life? And what does balancing with Barry look like? Um, that's a great question. Um, this young lady here is here to help me with balance. <laughs> hey, shout out me. to her. Shout out to her. <laughs> Kayla, shout out to my sister Kayla. And she's a songwriter, so I, I keep her close because she wants to fulfill her dreams. I was like, well, let's work together where we can help each other. Oh, we appreciate you, um, Kayla, and I appreciate you yeah. setting it up. <laughs> yeah. it, Kayla. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. What am I doing now? I try to <laughs> I try to get massages <laughs> regularly. Hey, come on now, man. Hey, you um, need it. You need it. You need man, it. Man, that's one of my – I got one Wednesday. I can't wait. Tomorrow, oh, it's going to be a blessing. <laughs> um. I try to just have moments where I just by myself and that I'm not thinking of anything, which is always hard to do. Um, it's a balance. Yeah. It's, I'm trying to balance it. I can't say how I do it because I don't know if I'm effectively doing it yet um, because I'm, 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 so, I'm after so much and I'm trying to be very effective, but I understand I do need to be whole and okay to see it come to pass. So I, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm rested, you know, um, I'm not stressing. Um, that's the best that I'm doing right now, I guess. Well, man, um, you know, you spoke about being rested and balanced. Well, you know, uh, Joel 2 verse 22 says, man, the... The Lord will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. So the 18 years that took you to get these last three, man, we need you rested for the next 18 that's about to come because I know uh, I know God has a lot in stores for you, man. 
Um, last question, Barry, and this is the closeout question, man. And then you can kind of go into what is the best way for people to keep in contact with you. But I also know you do a segment called Motiva- Motivation Mondays, man. I love it. If if anyone listening and you haven't heard it yet, go ahead and check it out. You got two minutes. You got two minutes to go ahead and check it out. You got two minutes. But man, I want to, I want to, I want you to close us out, man. What, what, Tell me one, what is the background behind that? And then close us out with the message that you have on your heart today, man. Okay. Well, thank you so much for mentioning that, man. Motivational Mondays was inspired by initially just trying to put something online that represented me outside of what people know me for as being a stand-up comedian and trying to show an authentic part of myself I'm not a big fan of people that are like experts <laughs> uh, or come across like, oh, I'm, I know it all. I am the know it all person, <laughs> even though people think that's who I am. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I am a person that knows what I know, right? When you have results and you see life and you feel God is really giving you something. And so motivational was like, hey, let me share what I share in my normal conversations with people. Let me put that to the world in hopes that maybe somebody who's encountered the journey that I have or something similar to it, that maybe how I've learned to look at it, the perspective that I've adapted that's helped me through it, if I can share it with the world, maybe it can help someone else, you know, broaden their perspective and their horizon. Um, so that's where Motivational Mondays were birthed from. And I try to stick with it and try to be consistent with it because I've heard, you know, through people like, hey, man, I needed to hear that. Yeah. It was this dude walked up to me in Best Buy. It was like a real hood dude. <laughs> and he's like, hey, what's up, homie? He's like, hey. And I'm just thinking he's going to talk about something else. Maybe he's like, I know you, homie. He's yeah. like, yeah, I like your Motivational Mondays, homie. And I was just like, wow, like <laughs> <laughs> with this energy, you could have toned it down. <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to say that, right? But it just shows you like people are looking for inspiration. People are looking for encouragement. There's so many negative things going on in the world. It is a blessing to hear somebody saying, Hey, no matter where you are in life and what's happened or what you've done, what's the, what's been done to you, there's better for you you can be better life can be better things can get better things will get better your perspective your mindset your work ethic these things these principles matter right and so um that's where motivational mondays came from and the word i would give which i always and i kind of mentioned it earlier i always talk about just not giving up Mm -hmm. right there's so much you can say to encourage a person um but the most important thing is for you not to give up. You can't win if you don't continue on. You'll never see what the end will be if you stop here or you plant your, your flag here and just say, hey, this is I tried. No, you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep going. Like I said, my favorite scripture now, and I have another one, but this become my favorite. I said the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but the one that endures to the end. So that let me know that I don't got to be the strongest. I don't got to be the fastest. I don't got to be the smartest. I don't got to have the most money. I don't got to have be the nice look, most nice looking guy ever. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have none of the things that the world may make you feel that you need. 
But if I just don't give up, if I just keep going, I'll win my race. As you're a track star, if I just don't give up, I'll win my race. Right? And I believe that. I, I just want people to know that. And if I can't tell my son no other lesson, if I can give him that one lesson, I'll be okay. I, I know there's so much more I want to give him, but just don't give up to the world, to anybody, to where you at, the desires, the dreams you have. Um, and if you ain't dreaming and you don't know what you meant to do, try to dream, try something, start something, tap into something. Hey, let me just, I, you know what? I thought about this one day. Let me just try, just go find something meaningful that connects with you because there's life, life, life has blessings for you. And I know that people kind of maximize the issues and the problems that arose in their lives. And I just want them to know that life, life is, is meaningful when you stay the course and don't give up, you got to see it through and you can't let moments that's happened negatively in your life identify. That's what your life will be. Your life is so much greater. You're meant to live life fulfilled. Life is not just those moments and those negative situations that's transpired. So just stay the course. Don't give up. And I believe you'll see what the end is going to be. And I believe the end will be very beautiful for you. And you'll be so happy. You, you know, I tell my son all the time, I'm like, I said, listen to what I'm saying. You'll be so happy you did. You'll be so happy you did. You'll be like, oh, you ever feel like you missed? like, oh, I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad I listened. Oh, I'm so glad I did. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I listened. I'm so glad I stayed the course. I'm so glad I didn't give up. I'm so glad I kept going, even though it looked dark. It looked like I wasn't going to make it. I'm so glad I did not give up because I would not be able to reap the fruits of my labor. I wouldn't have been able to see all the things that I've been believing to see it come to light, to see it come to pass. You know what I'm saying? So that would be my word. Thank you for having me, bro. Man, virtual virtual $50 are in the collection plate, man. They're yours to keep, man. Uh, Barry, you've been nothing but gracious with your time, man. Thank you so much for it. I really appreciate it, man. I always say hope needs to be seen and shown, and um, you are doing both of that. And maybe your son may not see it now, but I know that he is watching what you're doing sometimes more than what you're saying, which, you know, they'll learn towards the end, but he's definitely seeing what hope looks like, man. So I appreciate it, man. I don't know when your next special is, but me and the fiance are going to come down and we'll bring like seven people. So you got like 10, oh, you got wow. like eight seats. <laughs> I need that. I'm going to need all those eight people to come. So thank you. I will be such a blessing. Thank you. Barry, take care of yourself, man. God bless, man. I'm rooting for you, man. Uh, much love, man. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody can follow me on any social media platform. Barry Brewer Jr. Barry Brewer Jr. Bro. And please keep in touch, man. I will, man. And everybody listening, make sure you go check out the special Chicago I'm Home Amazon Prime. All right, Barry, man. Take care, man. Thank you.